Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God? Yes or no? The me I want to be. Last week we talked about I want to be a person of confidence. I want to be a person of confidence. If you weren't here for that, I'm still getting people talking to me about that. It's just say how meaningful that was to them, how they were struggling. Some were struggling with pride. Some of them were struggling with low self-worth. And um, we, we addressed that topic last week. Today we're going to address a topic that really wasn't my plan for the, the day. Uh, my, my plan for today was I... I the me I want to be is happy. That's what I was going to do. And, and, I, and obviously I meant joyful. You know, I was going to take it in that direction. And the Lord, I, I really believe the Lord just changed it. And I'm going to share with you some things today. The me I want to be, I want to be a person of prayer. I want to be a person of prayer. And if you're, if you're a Christian here in this room, uh, and hopefully all of you are, um, it, but if you believe Jesus and trust in Jesus, I've never met a, I've never met a follower of Christ that didn't want to pray more. I've never met somebody who, who said, you know what, I, I pray enough, I'm, I'm good to go. That's, that's not an area of my life that I really need to work on. I've never met, I've never met a believer, and if, if so, they've never told me, everybody, because I think all of us in this room, if I were to ask, you know, mass confession, how many of you think you need to pray a little bit more, the me that we want to be would say, yeah, I do. I want to pray more. I, I, and, and you know what, we not only want to pray more, but can I, can I even go any, a bit further? You not only want to pray more, but you want, you want it to be natural, don't you? Like, you don't want to have to work for it. You don't want to have to say, well, okay, God, I guess I'm here and uh, don't really know what to say. And so uh, I love you and you're good and help my kids. You know, like, you know that awkwardness? Have you ever been, have you ever been in prayer with God and you just try, but God, I want to pray. I'm going to spend time with you. Today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some quality time with you, and you get in that moment, and it just feels awkward. It feels like, I don't know what to say, or, or else you think that you're saying the wrong thing, that you realize, you're, like, in your prayer time, you're like, wow, I'm pretty narcissistic today, because all I'm talking about is me, God. I'm sorry about that, you know, and yet the Bible says that we can cast our cares upon him, but there's some, there's some elements of prayer, everybody, that are just not natural to us, and yet... I not only want to be a person of prayer, I want to be a person who prays and it's just a natural part of my life. That, that, it, that it, just comes, it just comes so easily to me that, that it's not something I have to work at or work for. And if that's you, and I think all of us can tie into that a little bit, that we not only need to pray more, but we just want it to be more natural, then today is a day that you need to listen up. Because we need to be people of prayer. The me I want to be is a person of prayer. I'm going to, sh I'm going to start this in Isaiah chapter 61. And before you get there, I want to, I want to kind of set the stage that you know here at New Song. In fact, we, we teach this to a lot of people. I just met another pastor this past week. He, he, um, he called and he said, hey, pastor, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing there at New Song. And so I did. He said, he said, well, listen, we have this, and we have this, and we have this, and we have this at our church, and this at our church. We have this program, and this program, and this program. I said, whoa, settle down. Settle down there, Hoss. <laughs> this is how we said in the South. The South. 
that Oklahoma settled down their hoss. And, and that, that, um, I told him, you know, you need to simplify. You need to simplify. You need to, do, you need to pick a few things and do them really well. Because right now you're a jack of all trades and you, and you feel like you're spinning your wheels and you're not accomplishing anything. And he says, you're exactly right. That's how I feel. It's like we have a ministry for everything, but nothing is thriving. I said, you need to simplify. He said, what do you do at New Song? I said, we just keep it simple. We know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That's the only four things that we do. Every single thing that we do is found in those four things. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And we see that in Exodus chapter 6, and I've taught that in the past. That when, when God delivered the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, he only wanted four things for them. He said, I want you to know me. I want you to find freedom. I want you to discover your purpose. I want you to make a difference. It's, it's, the, it's the four cups that are still celebrated in the Jewish Seder today, the, the, the Passover meal today. They celebrate those four cups. The four cups are powerful, and that's a whole study in, in, in and of itself. So as, you, as we talk about that here at New Song, to know God, we, we really want, we think weekend services are one of the best places to, for people to know God. And the, the rare, rare is the Sunday where we don't invite people to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. We've already done it today. We, we, we do it pr- pretty much every Sunday, at least 90, 95% of the time, we give people a chance to accept Jesus as Savior, because we want them to know God. We want you to find a small group. Small groups are starting in just a couple weeks. Small groups is where you help find freedom. That's where you, you get in with accountability partners, with friends, and you talk about the things of God, and you peel off the mask, and you say, this is who I really am. And they say, hey, we love you anyway, and God loves you anyway, and we're going to help you get over this thing in your life. We're going to help you get over the struggle. Find freedom. You need to be in a small group. Discover your purpose. That's why we have next steps, because we want to help you discover your purpose. In fact, when I get back from sabbatical, I'm going to be teaching a, a, a small group that, that is just called Learn to Dream. That you're just going to learn to dream. You're going to, dis- in it, you're going to discover your purpose. We're going to go very deep into your purpose in that small group, because you need to know your purpose, and then you need to make a difference, because that's what God has called us to, to all of us have, have called to live our lives for the glory of his name, to make a difference. And when you make a difference, you're always making a difference in the life of somebody else. So know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. It's throughout the entirety of the Bible, and we, we see it right here, right now in, in Isaiah 61. I'm going to point this out to you. Now, remember what I'm about to read. This is with Jesus in the New Testament. He's, he's in the presence of all these religious people, and he's reading from the scroll of Isaiah, and he pulls out this, and he says these words that we're about to read, and he said, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. Like this is happening right now because I am the one that Isaiah is prophesying about. So these are the words that Jesus brings up later uh, when he reveals himself to be the Son of God, the Messiah, okay? But I want to show you why we focus on just those four things, and Jesus not only said it himself, but the Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet heard from God, and he said this, verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to, here, here, here's the no God, proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim the gospel of grace, for people to actually know God, to proclaim the good News. What is the good news? It is the good news of Jesus Christ that we are saved by grace through faith. That has to do with knowing God. Do you see that? Yes or no? Just shake your heads and be, okay, good, good. Help me preach. He sent me, here's the fine freedom. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim what? 
freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Hey, 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 Jesus is saying when he reveals this, hey, God put something on me. He anointed me so that people could know God, so that they could find freedom. Like people are going to be set free when they follow me. Isn't that great news, everybody? Verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. I believe all of that is actually finding freedom. And here's the discover purpose part. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Let me break this down for you just for one second, because you say, well, how is discover purpose in that? Let, let, me, let me show it to you. First of all, let me say this. I, I, I often teach this, and you've no doubt have heard me say this if you've been coming for a while, that, that fear is a demonic spirit. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. That fear is always of the devil. It's never from God. It's always of the devil. It's never from God. Fear is a demonic spirit. Can I tell you something else? So is despair. So is heaviness. Another translation says the spirit of heaviness. It would say that we have been given a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Heaviness and despair, that is a demonic spirit. It's a demonic attack. How many know that we're supposed to be free from that? We're not supposed to live in a state of despair, in a, in a, in a state of heaviness or depression. We're supposed to be free in Christ Jesus. You say, well, okay, but I thought we're talking about discovering purpose. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You know what he's saying? He's like, hey, 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 listen, in this life, in this life, there's going to be some things that are put on you, and it's going to distract you from who I created you to be. There are going to be some things that you struggle with that the enemy puts on you. And until you know me and until you find freedom, you're not going to be who, who you are actually called to be. See, I've placed a purpose on you. I, I've, I've given, I, I created you on purpose for a purpose. And it's not, it's not to live a life that's just full of destruction, ashes, full of a mess, ashes, a life that stinks, Ashes, you know, yesterday, I was just telling somebody this morning, yesterday I was out at uh, uh, some property I have in, in Stark County. It's just a small parcel of land that I deer hunt, I turkey hunt. I got a, I, I got a bird a couple weeks ago, everybody. I got a Tom with a 10-inch beer. That means nothing to most of you, but it was fun anyway. It was, it was my first Indiana turkey, everybody. My, I've never started turkey hunting until this year because my wife uh, thinks one hobby is enough. And she's wrong, though. She is so wrong. <laughs> And she's sitting in the room. If you're looking for her, she is over there. And I'm not looking that way. Did you notice? I'm just focused over here. And uh, so yesterday I was out there on my property just, you know, burning brush and just clearing it out. You know how things get overgrown over the course of time. And it's just been a, a labor of love, really. I just enjoy it. So yesterday I had a burn pile going all day long. And when you leave the ashes, when you come home, how many know you stink? You just stink like the burn pile you've been a part of. And in fact, even though I still somebody, even though like I showered right when I got home, have you ever, have you ever sat around a campfire and then you go take a shower and then when you get out of the shower, you still think, ah, I think I still smell like smoke. I still smell. So I might smell like that. And I think it's a beautiful smell, by the way. I love it. I make no apology for that. And what he's saying is, no, no, you've lived in the world and now you stink. 
Now, now your life is like ashes. In fact, you, you've been in mourning. You've been grieving. You've been in despair. And that's because you don't understand why I created you. You're just living in a mess, and you're not, you, you don't know. You don't know. You haven't come to find out that you have been made on purpose for a purpose. And I'm going to take your life and I'm going to redeem it. I'm going to take the mess and I'm going to redeem it because I've created you for a reason. And when you discover your purpose, you're going to realize, oh no, I wasn't meant to live a life of ashes or mourning or despair. No, I'm meant to live a life of beauty, of joy, and of praise. Everybody, that's powerful. That's, that's, that's who you're called to be. And he says, and they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins. We're talking about making a difference. They're going to rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Meaning once you discover your purpose, once you come out of the pit that you've been living in and you discover that you were made on purpose for a purpose, then all of a sudden you're going to make a difference in the world. And the things that have been ruined in past generations, the things that have been ruined by your family members, the things that have been ruined by the generation in front of you, you're going to come in and you're going to see restoration. You're going to see power at work in your life and in the lives of others. And things that people thought were destroyed are going to be rebuilt and they're going to be stronger than ever because the spirit of the living God is upon us. I think I could preach today, everybody. I, I'm feeling a little preach coming on. So Jesus is saying when he's talking in front of the religious rulers of his day, he's like, hey, the spirit of the sovereign Lord has appointed me. He's upon me because... I'm going to help people know God, find freedom, discover the purpose, and make a difference. And it's all right there in Isaiah 61. And it's all throughout the course of the Bible. There's only four things that God wants for your life. To know him, to find freedom, to discover your purpose, and to make a difference. That's what he wants for your life. And you'll never know what true joy is until you go through that. Step by step. Continually being free and continually minister, ministering for the glory of the Lord. And you say, well, what in the world does this have to do with prayer? Let me show you. Letter A, write this down, that these things, these verses that I just shared with you, reveal God's will. Would you agree with that, yes or no? They reveal the, word, the will of God for the world. Okay. Letter B. But an invitation is needed to experience the will of God in our world. And I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. So we know what the will of God is. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. We know the will of God, but it requires an invitation for God to step in and take us there to complete those things in us. It takes an invitation. You say, well, why does that happen? Let, let me show you this in Scripture, and, and, and not only the uh, verses that I have there in your sermon notes, but you've probably heard me say this before, that, that when God created the, this world back in Genesis, and he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, 
Adam and Eve were given a perfect world. In fact, God handed them the keys of this world and said, this is your world. You can rule over it. You can have dominion over it. In fact, Adam, I want you to name all of the animals because I just want to see you work in your world because this is your place. Here's the keys to it. Just take care of it. But, but, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of course, Eve was tempted. She, she also spoke with Adam, and they equally sinned. They were, how many both men and women are sinners, right? So as much as sometimes people point to the lady and say, it's all her fault. Men, you know you've made mistakes too. We're stupid too, right? Now, ladies, I'm not calling you stupid. That just totally came out wrong. I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. I better watch my words the second service. I didn't mean it like that. But, but we've all been stupid is what I'm trying to say. We've all been sinful. And it, 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 if, if it was the, the woman that did it first, doesn't matter because the man would have. You, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we're, we all make bad choices. And when that happened, when the devil came in and he tempted Adam and Eve to sin, and they did sin, equally sin, they handed the keys of this world over to the devil, and the devil took control. He took control of this world. And that's why Jesus says, let me put this together for you. That's why Jesus, Jesus when, when he conquered he- death, hell, and the grave, the Bible talks about some keys that he went and took back, everybody. And, and one, of this, one of these days, right now, this world is still under the control of the enemy, but it won't always be under control of the enemy. How many know Jesus is coming back? Everything is going to be made right. It's going to be made right. So, so let me say it like this. Let me show you this in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says something pretty powerful here. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So we're talking about the will of God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is Jesus teaching the disciples to pray? He's telling them, You need to invite the Lord. You need to invite your heavenly Father into this world. I'm going to say that again. You need to invite your heavenly Father. New song, you need to invite your heavenly Father into your world. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Father, I invite you in because I know who holds the keys of this world right now. You say, well, I don't know if I believe it. Let's look at 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are children of God, and here it is, that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. How much of the world? All of it. All of it. How many know that we need to invite our Heavenly Father into our world? We have to invite him. It, it, it's, it's, it's a matter of, of legality, everybody. It's a matter of legality. The keys were given to man. Adam and Eve had the keys, and they gave it over to the, to the devil when he tempted them, and they sinned. And now God's saying, hey, listen, the, the devil is in control. I'll come and I'll help you out, but you got to invite me. you got to talk to me. you got to pray. Let, let, let me help you out a little bit more. Verse 20 says this, And we know also... Not only that the devil's in control of this world, but we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. That, that we know something about God, that God has given us understanding. 
that God has given us the understanding to know everybody, not only the truth of Jesus Christ, but also that we need to invite the Lord into our situations, into our world, into our state, into our nation, and around the globe. We need to invite him in. And everybody, how do we do that? It's through prayer. It is through prayer. Prayer as a believer should be second nature to us. It should be something that just naturally flows from us all day long, which is what the Bible says that we are to pray continually. And what that means is all day long, as the Spirit of God directs all day long, you're just praying prayers that the Lord would give, speak to you. He'll just whisper to you things to pray about. And you just pray about it really quickly and move on. So I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about being a believer. I'm talking about living, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and responding the way that he wants us to respond, which is in prayer. Let, let me teach you these three, these three things. Number one, write this down, that prayer is actually the lifeline that connects us to God. It is the, it is the lifeline that connects us to God. It's how, it's how God stays in contact with, with us earthlings, right? It's how, it's how our Heavenly Father stays in contact with us in a world that right now he's not in control of. The devil is in control of this world. So how do we stay in contact with our Father? We do it through prayer, and prayer is a lifeline. If you're not praying... You're missing out on the life that God has for you. Write this down, number two. The prayer is much more than a gimme list. It's not a gimme list. I mean, can, can, we, can we ask things from God? Of course. He said, you ask not because you have not. So, of course, you can go to God and say, God, I really need, and God, it'd be really nice if you could provide, and God, I need, you know, some supply. I need some provision. I need a car that's going to be faithful. It's going to be strong. It's going to be a strong runner. I, 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 you know, God, there's some needs that I have in my life. You can ask for those. Absolutely. But prayer is not just a gimme list. Prayer is, it is the act of acknowledging God as our source. Write that down. It is the act of acknowledging God as our source. It's saying, God, I don't have supply without you. I don't have provision without you. You are the source of my life. I don't have joy without you. I don't have peace without you. I don't have hope without you. I don't have life without you. God, I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you into my life, every single detail of it. I'm inviting you in my life because you are the source. Can I tell you something else? This is, this is good. Write this one down. That, that prayer is not telling God the answer, but inviting the answer into our world. It's not telling God what you need him to do. He's not a puppet that, that you can just, you know, make him perform for you. That's not God. Don't think of God like that. God, God is not waiting for you to say, well, you know, he's not, waiting for, he's not waiting for Justin to say, well, boy, Justin, I don't know what to do. I guess you probably should tell me. 
How many know that that's just, that's just ignorant to think that thought, right? It's just ignorance to think that thought. And yet, how many times do we try to go to God and try to tell him the answer, something that he needs to do? Well, God, you really need to. God, I'm waiting for you to. Can I tell you something? He's not asking you for the answer. He is the answer. You're just inviting the answer into your life. You're inviting the answer into your life. Can I tell you the third one? This is... This is going to make sense to you after I describe it. Prayer is not just an outpouring. It is not just an outpouring. It is an inpouring. But let me say it this way, everybody. That prayer, when we go to God, sometimes we end our prayer time and you feel kind of tired. If you pour your heart out before the Lord, you get kind of tired because you're just pouring out your heart. You're pouring out your heart. You're pouring out your heart. And all of a sudden, can I tell you something? Prayer is not just an outpouring. It is an inpouring. It is an inpouring. It's not, it's not where you just pour out your heart. It's where God pours out his into you. It's where he pours out the good things that you need. And let me, let me say it like this, everybody, that everybody in the world is making withdrawals from your life. Have you noticed that, parents? Have you noticed that? If you ask me one more thing, right? Like if your boss, your spouse, your children, your family, your neighbors, that everybody is just wanting something from you. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Like you're just giving and giving and giving and giving, and everybody's just withdrawing from you over and over and over. Well, God doesn't want to necessarily withdraw from you as if you have anything to offer him. He wants to pour something into you. He wants to make a deposit in you. He doesn't want to withdraw from you. The only thing that he wants from you is your worship. Well, that'll preach right there. He wants you to love him, to honor him, to revere him. But trust me, New Song, he's the one that's making deposits in your life. See, I, I, I live the life. Can I tell you, that's why we built sabbaticals into our DNA, because pastors, more than anybody I know, are constantly giving, 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 giving. It's just the truth. And sabbaticals are a time where God just deposits things that have been taken. And I'm ready for God to make some deposits in me. See, I'm going to prove this to you in Scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, what? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Pour yourself out. It's okay. But get ready because he wants to pour something back in you. Watch this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you know that peace is an inpouring from our Heavenly Father? It's an inpouring, something that he pours into us. Not, not just that, Proverbs 16, verse 20 says, those who trust the Lord, they will be joyful. Those who trust the Lord, did you know that prayer is always a matter of trust? When you, when you, when you commit yourself to prayer, when you pour your life out to God, when you outpour to God, 
that that is a matter of trust. God, I don't know where else to take this, so I'm just taking this to you. You're trusting, Lord. The Bible says when you trust in him like that, when you pour out your heart to him, that, what does he do? He makes us joyful, that he'll pour joy into you. He'll pour peace into you. Can I, can I go even further than that? Let's look at this, because you're going to see both of these now in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I love this. May the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all. Here we talk about it. We already have joy and peace. May the God of hope fill you. May he fill you. May he pour into you joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody, God wants to pour some things into you. Not only joy, not only peace, but divine hope, supernaturally hope, supernatural hope. He wants to pour that into you. And in order to receive that, that pouring in from God, you need to spend some time with him because it's, it's a lifeline, everybody. Prayer is a lifeline. And it's not just what you're telling God, it's what God is giving you. See, See, your prayer time is meant for you to walk away and be energized, to be filled with peace, to be filled with joy, to be filled with hope. It is a lifeline, everybody. And it should come second nature to us. It should, it should just be so natural for us. Can I, you say, okay, well, where, where do I start? Because here, here at New Song, you know, we focus on um, revelation, just God's word, inspiration, but then there's application. You say, what's the application? Well, the first one is just to pray. All right, just pray. Okay, but let, let's go further than that. I, I'm going to teach you something that I, I've, I've taught many times before. And it's this, pray first. Just remember that. Pray first. Pray first. How, how, do you, how, how is prayer just second nature to you? You just pray first. You, you, before you start your day, you pray. Before you eat your breakfast, you pray. Before you go to work, you pray. Before you think about the person at work and give it a lot of thought who's the troublemaker, you pray. Before you make that part, before you make that decision, you pray. Before you eat lunch, you pray. Before you go back to work, you pray. When, when you're on your way home and you're about to start your evening with your family, you pray. When your kids come in the door and they're having a tough day at school, you pray. When you eat dinner together as a family at night, you pray. When, when you're, when you're uh, 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 making decisions at nighttime and you're having those conversations with your spouse, like, hey, what are we going to do about this? And what about this financial decision? Whenever you talk about just living life together as a family, you pray. You pray first. When you go to bed, before you go to sleep at night, you just pray first. You just pray first all day long. You say, well, 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 how does that look? You just pray first. So I'm not talking about super long prayers. I'm talking about constant communion with your heavenly father. I'm talking about praying continually. When you start your day, Father, I give you this day. I give you my life in it. Lord, be glorified. Every day when I, when I pray, I, I tell my, I'm teaching my kids this too. You know what a great, maybe I've already told you. You know what a great time to pray is when you're in the shower. It's just a great time to pray. I just pray in the shower every morning. I was taking a shower this morning, and I was praying. Boy, I'm just praying first. Before I start my day, I'm just praying first. So it takes a little water to wake me up in the morning. So I just pray, for, I just pray while I'm in there. I just pray first. 
all day long. I'm just pouring out my life, pouring out my heart to God. And when you learn to pray first, all day long, you don't have to worry about the amount of words that you're speaking. You, you're only thinking about being in constant communion with God. God, I just want to pour out my life to you all day long. And I not only want to pour it out, but I want to receive from you all day long. Because when you pray first, he's not only going to give you joy, he's not only going to give you peace, he's not only going to give you hope, he's going to give you wisdom, he's going to give you understanding, he's going to give you knowledge, he, he, he's going, he, he's going to, to give you some fruit in your life that you desperately need, he's going to give you, he's going to pour out some gifts in your life that you desperately need when you just learn to pray first. Pray first. Pray first. Do you receive the word of the Lord this morning, yes or no? All right, let's stand up together. This, of course, the application of this is that, it, the application of this, how many know it's, it's pretty easy to pray in church? The application of this is actually when you leave church, when you go to lunch today, what are you going to do? You're going to pray first. And, 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 and before you, Hopefully all of you in this room, this would be so cool if we just, we could just have a, a mass nap day. Wouldn't that be awesome if we all just took a nap? And, and before you take a nap, you just pray first. And, and, when you, and when you get up from the nap, you just pray first. And when you spend time with your kids, you just pray first. When you go to bed, you just pray first. You're just always praying first. Whatever change is happening in your life, whenever you're going a different direction, you just pray first. You just pray first. That's how you do it. And I promise you, God will give you joy and peace and hope. Would you open up your hands toward heaven? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I speak joy and I speak peace and I speak hope over every single person in this room. Lord, I pray through the power of your spirit that you would remind us about the power of prayer. And that as we pour out our lives to you, that we would receive the inpouring that you have for us. That you would pour yourself out on us and in us. Father, for any person in this room who, who would believe a lie that they cannot pray because they don't know what to say. Father, I take that. I take that lie from the enemy. And I command it to cease in the name of Jesus Christ. That we would not be of those that would believe that lie. Because there are times, in fact, in your word that says when we don't know what to say, your spirit prays through us with words that we don't even understand. That it's not necessarily about our, our words, it's about our heart. So Father, teach us to pray. Remind us to invite you into our every single situation. And when you come, you're going to show yourself powerful on our behalf and on behalf of others. So remind us, Father, to pray first, to seek you first knowing that everything else will be taken care of and help us to worship you and love you with all of our hearts.
for all of our days. In Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.